0: Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week, the movies bring you Henry Lee Lucas Week with Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer, and Confessions of a Serial Killer. Watch out for Henry Lee Lucas 3, Electric Boogaloo.
1: Drive away your worries and cares at this
0: drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols, which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted.
2: Everybody sounds pleasant tonight. (laughs) (coughs) 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 Sorry. I blame Doug for picking these bummer movies
3: these were very pleasant films to watch and I don't see what your complaint about them could be (sighs) we'll get into it (laughs) the worst the worst one
4: is the accurate one which we'll get in that too which is really strange I don't think either of these
2: can be described as accurate but well let's just get into it then no banter this week (laughs) all right Doug, Doug, Doug has brought this upon himself
4: no segue. Only sadness.
2: <laughs> uh, I don't know. Noah, tell us about Confessions of a Serial Killer. Uh, confessions
4: of a Serial Killer is a movie based on the uh, killings and false confessions of Henry Lee Lewis and his Lucas. serial. Ki- yeah, thank you lucas and his uh dumb serial killer friend uh, otis whose last name i can't remember doesn't matter yeah uh basically they were just kind of drifters and they murdered at least at least nine people between the two of them
2: but Te- they can technically i think in this movie his name is moon
4: yeah, yeah, they yeah, changed the holders. names for, I'm I'm assuming, to not get sued or something by the uh, police. Because oh, they're still real touchy about that whole thing. Uh, but between the two of them, they also confessed to an additional 600 killings.
3: <laughs> something like that.
4: Uh, yeah, at least, at least half of which have been proven to be false confessions now. Uh, and the police were using them to close cold cases to make their... Uh, Case closure records look good. Which just goes to show that even at the end of a, a murder spree, the cops can still make that shit fucking worse. <laughs> uh,
3: uh, all right. Are we even confident in that number of nine that or that they actually killed? Well, I know.
4: I, I, I'm trying to think. I think Otis... Had six confirmed or like he was able to take them to
3: the bodies. Because okay. some of the documentaries on Henry Lee Lucas imply that it's more like one confirmed that he actually killed.
4: Well, there's there's at least two that that are directly known because he did kill his mom.
3: Oh, yeah. But I, that wasn't part of the right, right. Right, right,
4: so right. And, like and then like he them. was he was convicted of two additional killings. Later.
2: Right. But um, so I guess what do we what do we think of this movie?
4: Well, is, the dude, is,
2: it's kind of weird.
4: The dude playing Henry in this one looks exactly fucking like him. It's <laughs> that that is actually creepy to uh, a certain point where I'm like, ooh, I don't <laughs> I don't <laughs> like the fact that he actually looks like him.
3: It's weird, too, because actually the one cop looks a lot like the real cop too if you remember right? talk- yeah and it's like it's weird because they uh yeah the guy with the big mustache it's weird that they're not using the real names but they went out and got actors that look like the actual characters right <laughs> it's like- they do change enough that i think you could you could argue that it's not exactly the uh, the true story but it's clearly meant to be as true as they could get well-
4: well, I think the gener- – the, part of the whole generic idea is that they're kind of – that the true story doesn't exist anymore, right?
3: Yeah, like it's, the true, it's, it's, it's so no inter- true story.
4: Yeah, it's so interwoven with the lies
3: yeah. that
4: how would you ever separate them from each other?
3: Right. And so what I found really interesting about this movie is that at one point they do – bring up the fact that some of the stories are inconsistent and they kind of imply that maybe none of this is true. Then they turn around and slap pictures of Henry and Otis, not Henry and Otis, whatever the characters names are in this movie with uh, tons of the victims, which is like, there's way more pictures of them dead bodies in this movie than exist in the real world. And so they, that kind of flips the narrative on its head and goes, no, no, it is all true. But that's very strange because why would you why would you delve into the, it might all be false territory if you're not going to then explore that opportunity? It's kind of a weird thing.
2: Yeah, I feel like this movie, there's no real like storyline through it. A lot no. of it is them sitting just in a uh, interrogation room and be like, well, tell us about somebody else you killed. And then... Uh, <laughs> And then straight up just goes into a recreation of apparently one of the uh, murders that they committed. And then when that's done, just right back to the, uh, right back to the interrogation room.
3: Well, tell us about somebody else you
2: killed. And pretty much just repeats (laughs) the whole time.
3: I mean, it took that 80s slasher. We're just here for the kills attitude to a whole new level. Of just like, maybe we're just here for the purposes of these kills, so why bother doing anything else? Until that final, like, chunk where they actually spend time on that story. But it is it is a lot of just any excuse to show these creepy kill scenes that are... It, it's an interesting approach to filmmaking, anyway. Um.
2: Yeah, I don't know. This... I mean, maybe it was the point, but I just feel like this movie was just kind of gross.
3: Yeah, I think that was the point. I, I think we're going to say that about the next movie as well. Um, they were clearly going for that, like, 70s grindhouse, just dirty feeling of a movie. But I feel, I feel like, like, you know.
2: The next one we'll get to, it. I feel like it actually has decent filmmaking in it, though. Or is yes. this one is just sort of like... Not good acting. the The scenes aren't great. Yeah, uh, some of the kills are all right, but make you feel really yeah. uncomfortable.
3: Yeah, they make you uncomfortable, which I think is the goal. Um, yeah, I, I found I realized right away we were dealing with sort of a very low budget type movie here, and I had to put myself in the mindset watching it of like, okay, assume it's nineteen eighty five or whenever this came out. And you're walking through the video store and you see that box art. Because I remember the box art. That's the only thing I do about this movie going into it. And it's like, so you rent it just for that. And that's the mindset you have to be watching this movie with. Because if you watch it looking for, you know, obviously there's not not really a plot. There isn't really character development, although there is a bit. Um, but mostly you're just watching it for these like, vignettes which are kills and <laughs> it's on that level i do think it was creepy and gross and at times hard to watch and swarm inducing so i guess it accomplished what it set out to accomplish
2: yeah
4: yeah it, i thought the, the weird thing is for for as many kills as there are and it's much like uh, just generic gross. That kind of you know that uncomfortable. Ew! It does. Yeah. Mm. It still manages to kind of fucking be boring.
3: Well, you, yeah. yeah. I think I think part of that is just that we're watching it in 2022. This film yeah. was made again 1985 direct to video movie is made for an audience of people who have nothing else to do that night and they already gone to the video store and picked this up off the shelf. You're sitting and you're watching it because what else are you gonna do? You don't have a laptop in front of you. You don't have a phone in front of you. Don't have Netflix. Yeah. If you happen to have a Commodore 64 in your house, then somebody else in the house might be playing it. But this is it. This is what you're doing with your night. And plus you don't rent a movie and
2: not watch it. That's ridiculous. Right.
3: Yeah. But it's 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 weird to watch movies like this like movies that we love from that era when they had that nostalgia factor and everything it's completely different but watching movies from this era now when you've got your phone in your hand and you know when the movie gets boring you can easily get distracted is just such a different experience from watching them back then when none of that existed like yeah. You know, in case we have young enough listeners that we need to tell them. Back then, a phone was something that your family had one of and it hung on the wall, usually around the kitchen area. And if you were lucky, <laughs> with, it had a long the, enough cord that you could stand up and talk on it.
2: Like It's a giant cord that you yeah. could maybe wrap it around and get to the living room so you could talk in private.
3: Yeah. So, yeah, like, I mean, it, it, it's it's a film made for a different era and I could see why yeah. I, I could see why somebody watching it today would find it boring. I don't think I did find it boring. Um, but then again, did I also probably like flip open the IMDB page, to see what else the director had done, which is nothing. And, you know, stuff like that while mm-hmm. I was watching it. Of course I did. So, yeah.
2: yeah, that's part of the problem I had too. It's just like, uh, oh. Okay, so they're talking about necrophilia and just weird shit and mm-hmm. anytime there's nudity in this movie, it's not followed up with anything that's good.
3: So. No. Well, there's the one scene where they walk in on the the doctor's daughter just sunbathing by the pool, which <laughs> is just feels like the filmmakers were like, We haven't had nudity in like fifteen minutes, we better put some in. <laughs> For no
2: reason. Why would she just be out sunbathing topless on her <laughs> dad's farm. He's no yeah. sense.
3: The whole thing. I mean, the whole setup of that whole final story is weird because it's it's by far the longest part of the movie. And it, the setup is that they're going to kill this guy and take his car. So he randomly... how does it, Oh, there's a cop there. So they're like, well, we can't shoot him. So they end up helping him change a tire because that's that was their kind of cover story. So now he just hires them to work in his... Appliance repair shop that is attached to his medical practice. And as part of the job, they get to live in the apartment above his barn. Because why does he even have a barn? (laughs) And then storage.
2: It's because somebody they knew owned a farm that they could do whatever they wanted on.
3: Yeah. Like it's it's a very strange convoluted setup to put them in this weird scenario whereby they're just – and, uh, you know, of course, everything goes awry and everybody gets killed and yada, yada, yada. But it's it takes a long time to get around to the actual killing. And you're just like, why are we watching them get mad at a secretary right now? Like, what's what's going on? Like, it's, it's almost like that is like a short film they made about what would happen if killers moved into this apartment at this farm. And then. They tagged it onto the rest of this movie. Yeah. yeah. Just watch her
2: being like, excuse me, you need to go do this. And then being like, fucking woman telling me what to do. And then yeah. decided they're gonna kill her at some point. It's like
3: Jesus yeah. Christ. I mean, again, it it was really like awkward when they were having those conversations about killing her with her like in the next room. <laughs> and i think it's supposed to be awkward i think they accomplished what they set out to accomplish i don't think you're supposed to like really enjoy watching this movie in the way that you enjoy watching like a a more traditional slasher film where the kills are like fun to watch this is more of a like grindhousey. you know we want you to be upset about what you're seeing and i was so (laughs) kudos to them i was too but maybe not for the reasons they wanted
2: Yeah, and I was just kind of bored the whole time. Just like, okay, well, I've seen them kill, like, three women now, so I kind of get the point. Maybe we could do something else. Nope, going to do the same thing? All right. Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, that's part of the problem with trying to make a movie out of this story, which is that there isn't much of a story. Like, it's, yeah. (laughs) you know.
2: I do feel like, uh, I mean, well, I don't know. We're going to get into it, but. There's at least some nuance when when they make Henry Portier of a serial killer. Okay, there's this one I feel like it's just the same all the way
3: through. Yeah, well Henry is yeah it is more of a plot.
2: Oh, yeah, they have better writers, better directors, and better actors. Sure. So.
3: And if you factor those things in, you tend to get that movie. That's <laughs> true. If, if those things are important to you, like the writing, the directing, and the acting. It's kind of weird how that stuff helps movies. <laughs> so, I don't know. What are your thoughts overall, Noah? You haven't said much.
4: Uh, I I just I, I don't know because I I think once again I think they portrayed it fairly accurately and once once again to to the point where it can be accurate because <laughs> of all the yeah. false confessions, making it extraordinarily difficult. Uh, I think the actor playing the the Henry Surrogate character did a just a bang up job of being that guy which makes the movie all the the more uncomfortable to watch yeah but yes yeah, it's, it's boring and i yeah. don't i don't particularly enjoy non-fictionalized versions of these serial killer movies only because it, to me doesn't it feel like slightly glorifying that that whole thing
2: well it is I'm weird kind of,
4: i'm yeah. so against that
2: if you enjoy horror movies like kind of like we do and you're like oh this movie had some great kills <clears throat> but then you realize like oh they're recreating stuff that actually happened and that makes me feel bad right so yeah, yeah i agree with that
4: that's right which it's it's something much right. to feel d- weird I try to tell Shar that all the time because Shar doesn't like watching horror movies because she, she says they stress them out. But she sits there and watches Dateline all the time. And I'm like, see, but Dateline stresses me out because that's all real. Like, yeah, like I, yeah. I watch movies to get away from the fact that the world is filled with horrible things. I want to watch some demon from another dimension like tear fake teenagers apart. That's what that's what I'm down with. <laughs>
3: Yeah, because generally speaking, I agree with what you're saying. Like, I always think if you're going to tell a true story, even if you're going to be horrific with it, you should tell it in a very real way, and try to be factually accurate. Which is impossible with the Henry Lee Lucas story. Like, you could make a drama film about the cops trying to figure out which stories are true and which stories aren't, and see and some I, of the corruption and stuff like that. Like, that I agree with
4: that. I think when it comes to Henry Lee Lewis and Otis, the Lucas. more inter- I'm gonna I'm gonna say it wrong
3: every time. <laughs> He's not gonna get a name right. That's not, we're not yeah. gonna start that now. I
4: mean, I, I I'm I don't think I'm saying it wrong because I don't know the guy's name. I'm saying it wrong because I'm <laughs> developing some kind of speech impediment at this
3: point. <laughs> <laughs> don't mock his disability, Brian. <laughs>
2: I'm not. I'm just making sure he but, gets uh, the correct information.
3: I know. But I would I would
4: rather watch that. I would rather watch the movie that only takes place after he's arrested and them trying to and, – And basically, I would like to see the the whole movie about the cops getting their comeuppance whenever they all got in a ton of trouble. Once people figured out that they'd closed all these cases just based on hearsay bullshit and like – Allowing him to read the story and then confess and then them going, oh, but he knew all the details of the story. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, yeah, you literally gave him a transcript <laughs> like you douchebags.
2: Weirdly, this is one of the serial killers I don't actually know a whole lot about. So I don't even really know the story that well because <sighs> I should look into it.
4: It's- they kind of they, like I said, they the the bits where he's talking and explaining stuff is is pretty accurate. Like I said, yeah. not not necessarily all the murders he committed, but yeah. the fact that he was kind of uh, sexually abused in a weird way whenever he was a kid, and the way he just kind of matter-of-factly explained everything. Yeah, he and kind the whole, of had like- that. The, the, he kind of had that in common with like BTK and stuff. If you ever watch those interviews, it's it's weird that they they completely shift into this ultra compliant mode
3: once they're caught. Mm. Well, definitely with Henry Lee Lucas and probably BTK too, though, they liked the attention they were getting once they were caught. Right. They liked the, they were getting positive reinforcement for confessing. And so they kept doing it.
4: Well, there's even that, there's that great scene where they're sitting in that fast food restaurant. And he's kind of, you know, uh, smashing some French fries and stuff. Yeah. In, in which, uh, He actually, in a later interview, whenever they would be like, well, why would you confess to stuff you didn't do? And he'd be like, because they would take me out of the prison and we would go driving around and we would go get (laughs) cheeseburgers and stuff. And he's like, I'm in prison forever. I'm going to take a cheeseburger.
3: (laughs) Well, yeah, apparently he really likes chocolate milkshakes. That part of the movie was accurate. Like stuff like that is weird, like where you're just like. But I guess like if you are in prison for life, try to put yourself in that mindset You're in prison for life, and somebody's like, if you confess to this other murder, you can have a chocolate milkshake. And you're like, whatever. It's not like it's – your life can't get worse. So whatever. I'll take the milkshake. Like it's it's actually surprisingly rational thinking for a guy that is otherwise very stupid and irrational.
2: I was going to say, if the murders go down as nonchalantly in real life as they did in both the movies – Jesus Christ!
3: I mean, that's the way he describes them. Yeah. Whether it's again, what's true yeah, and what's not it's like, true. The true Just, story yeah, of Henry Louis doesn't exist. So
2: yeah, drag, kill somebody, drag him off to the side. Yeah. Move on.
3: Uh, what's really scary is how believable it is that if you were killing at random and weren't using the same methodology over and over again, you could probably get away with it for a long time, even today, but especially back then, like if there's no pattern and nothing linking you to the victims, they're pretty much just relying on somebody noticing you doing something weird. <laughs> it's not really another way to find you. I'm then hoping you'll still be in the area when
2: that person tells the police.
3: Yeah. Like let like, at least now if somebody got your license plate or got a picture of your car or something, That'd be enough. Like, they can track you nationally and stuff. Back in the 80s or 70s? Nah, whatever. You could have an entire license plate, but if it was an out-of-state license plate, what can the cops do with it? Nothing. Like, they'd have to send a deputy driving physically to another state to provide them with the information so they can run it through their, air quotes, computer system. Like, it's nothing. then I'm
2: assuming the sister helping out was part of the true quote-unquote true story since it is yeah sort of in both movies not
3: so much in the I next do, one but I do believe so yeah I don't know how I think they
4: in, including the whole movie. weird I was going to say including the whole weird thing about them like being together but not being sexual
3: yeah so weirdly like Henry Lee Lucas there's a whole thing and I I should have maybe read more about this before we had this conversation but it's like he would have sex with the dude but he consider him, considered himself in a relationship with the girl who was his lover's sister but he didn't have sex with her it's weird and he like did, didn't see anything strange about that when he was explaining it to the cops like,
2: yeah i guess i could have done more research i do have a serial killer encyclopedia in my office i don't know why i didn't go grab it and just read up on it so it's
3: and like I watched, uh, I've I've seen documentaries about it and stuff in the past. And it's just the problem is no one knows what the truth is because there's no reliable source of information anywhere in it. It's like the interesting sidebars become when you're like, oh, the one like, DA tried to like expose the fact that he was making false confessions, and then the cops went after him for doing that instead of. Like, you know, admitting that they were making a mistake. There's all sorts of weird shit like that that ties into it. Mm. But this guy's case is so messed up that it ends up with, like, George W. Bush Bush commuting his sentence because he didn't want to kill him. It's like, how weird does the story have to get before George W. Bush is the one stopping an execution from happening?
2: (laughs) So is he still alive?
4: No. Uh, Him and and Otis both died in prison. I think... I think Henry died of heart failure and Otis died of cirrhosis.
2: Maybe <clears throat> terrible things that nobody was really sad about. Probably.
3: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, yeah I mean, nobody, regardless of which murders are accurate, which ones weren't, nobody thinks they were good guys. Right.
2: Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, anything else before we I guess, sort of talk about the same case in the next movie? Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I do find it uh, weird that, uh, he starts off at least in this movie. He starts off looking like a normal dude, but then by the last story, he's just like running around, shirtless with like bib overalls on, <laughs> looking like.
3: I found that strange too. It's like he got more and more rednecky as it went on. Yeah, yeah. If they just let this keep going, he would have reverted right into being Jason Voorhees with the mangle face. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was very strange. It was I. I don't know why that decision, I guess part of it was that they were like, they gave up on like having real jobs and just became drifters. And they were trying to find a way to show that maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Cause there is that weird moment too, at the end where they're like, they steal that new car and they're getting all set up. And moon is like, yeah, I'm taking this with me and I'm just leaving. Cause you guys are living a relatively normal lifestyle. And I have no interest in a relatively normal lifestyle of like living above this barn. Yeah.
2: And yeah, he's like, what do you want to leave for? You got like, a, you got a job. You got a place to stay. No, no, no. I liked it better when we were
3: doing what we were doing. It's like, yeah. oh, all right. And then they're just cutting up women in the chainsaw <laughs> in the bathtub. Like God. it's casual. Just, well, it is the weekend. I guess we can steal a woman and cut her up in the bathtub.
2: But then when that receptionist goes into their cabin yeah. and you think that she's about to get caught and then, you know. Moon turns around and leaves, and you're like, whew. But then that chick opens up that curtain and starts stabbing. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. That
3: was a pretty vicious stabbing. So I kind of enjoyed watching that. I have to be honest, that had a real slasher feel to it to me. And the, yeah. the, do- the doctor's daughter starts like sniffing around because, like, I guess if you hear your neighbors using a chainsaw indoors, that would draw your attention. <laughs>
2: so, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, sounds like me and Noah were not big fans of this one doug was thought it was okay
3: yeah i think if like if you're a big fan of the case it's probably one of the more accurate movie versions that you're gonna get and you probably shouldn't shouldn't enjoy watching this movie and i don't think you will
2: (laughs) uh well speaking of uh doug why don't you run down henry portrait of a serial killer
3: henry okay so michael rooker plays henry in this version um everyone's favorite lovable character michael ruckert
2: he's mary poppins y'all it's
3: it's uh basically him and uh otis are like hanging out not liking life very much so henry starts teaching Otis how to you know kill people for fun (laughs) and they start to really enjoy it then otis's sister comes to stay with them and uh Otis is oddly attracted to his own sister and nobody likes it for a long time. But then Henry's also attracted to her, which is a lot more normal. And then, uh, now they're all like just hanging out and killing people and stuff. And then
2: the sister doesn't seem to be nearly as involved in this.
3: No. And I think this is more accurate. Um, she, she's not involved in the killing. She's just more involved in running the household. just, and she's not to get molested by her brother doesn't
2: say staving off advances from her brother yeah and she's
3: and then eventually well, she fails at that mission which sets Henry off so they end up killing Otis and then the two of them leave together and she makes the mistake of opening up her heart to Henry. And the next day we just see him dumping <laughs> her bloody her suitcase. Her. Yeah. It's like, cause it's literally like, I love you. And he's like, Oh fuck. All right, let's pull into this motel. So I have somewhere to murder you then. Um, I <laughs> well, we should probably get to bed and that's it. I mean, that's, that's the plot of the movie, except there's a whole fun side quest where they decide to start filming their killings because it's not at all creepy to watch all of these horrific murders happen through the lens of a camera, making it feel voyeuristic on top of everything else.
2: Especially the one murder we get to see. Yeah. They're in the middle of doing horrible things and then their kid comes home. It's like, oh fuck.
3: God, that one's tough to watch.
2: It is tough. I did like the opening of this movie. Um, this is much more of like a condensed version of this story. Yeah. Um,
3: it's about but 20 I, minutes shorter, too.
2: Yeah, but I do like that we just see Henry going about his day doing stuff, but then smash cut to, like, some of the horrible murders, like, the sort of yeah. the aftermath of some of the horrible murders that he's committed.
3: They did a really was, good job of, a, like, establishing shots to let you know this guy is already a serial killer coming into the movie. Yeah. We, it, we're not going to see his first kills. Yeah, uh,
2: So I thought that stuff was done really well. Um I guess I could say I enjoyed question mark sort of the relationship between Henry and Otis. They seemed like they were like the relation like they were really good friends, like I could yeah feel that in the movie even though even though their friendship is fucking god awful terrible. It's
3: it, it's weird cuz as Henry takes on like a bit of a mentor role, it is it feels very much like, you know, I don't know, it, it you're friends with somebody and they're really into like backgammon. So then you're like, yeah, show me how to play backgammon. And then all of a sudden they're like teaching you and going along and eventually you get pretty good at it. Now you're playing together and that's sort of how it felt except their hobby is murder and it's really fucking weird, but their relationship is already messed up. Like before that, I mean, there's already the first kills that take place where the two of them are together is where they, they, each go get a prostitute and they're all four in the same car together. And then, you know, then they kill them and you're like, well, this is already not a great situation. Not something I want to be involved in. We're not dealing with like high class individuals at this point, like two men, each with a prostitute in the same car parked in a dark alley. Like this is socially awkward at best.
2: Uh, I don't think it's shocking to say Michael Rooker's really good in this movie. Right. Which apparently this was his first, like, his sort of big breakout movie that people yeah. knew him from ever since then. So, Because this is the first time watched for me. I've never actually
3: oh
4: really
2: okay seen this before. So,
4: Well, I, was, I will say this. This movie screwed me, guys. It screwed me. Screwed guys. you? I was <laughs> mad. Well, so I started watching this, and Char was asleep on the couch. Mm. And I got almost all the way through the movie before she wakes up. And I was like, do you mind if we just finish watching this? I don't want to have to come in the back bedroom. And she's like, that's fine. As long as there isn't a bunch of like raping or, or blood cuts. And and, and, I was, and I was like, well, there hasn't been any in that, this entire movie really. So that, that should be pretty good. And then immediately, I'm not joking. Immediately is the fucking scene with Otis raping his sister and then her stabbing him in the eyeball <laughs> like immediately. <laughs> I was so fucking mad. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> this whole fucking movie hasn't been like that.
2: Yeah. But you didn't get that that could possibly happen from the uh, videotaped murder spree they went on.
4: Well, I was assuming that it would, but it would be done, like, the same way with the hookers in the car, that it wouldn't linger on it, and that, like, it would just be a, oh, oh, somebody's dead. You know what I mean? Because that's pretty much the way the whole movie had been.
3: Yeah. I got that's you. fair. Yeah. Now, you have touched on something, though, that while it may ruin your marriage, actually makes the film better, <laughs> which is that because, because those first kills are – done that way the, they're quick cut and they're when they get to the ones that they want to have an impact when it comes to Otis's death when it comes to the ones that are done through the, the video camera which is probably the most famous scene of the movie they're much more impactful I think because we haven't been witnessing all these other ones and it does also play off that kind of traditional filmmaking style of like crescendoing where it started with us just seeing the aftermath then we're seeing the kills now we're seeing the kills in detail now we're getting full-on rape followed by an eyeball stabbing so it builds gradually to that and i think it has more of an impact as a result i agree sorry no yeah i mean
4: yeah it's fine it's fine i I wouldn't have been fucking mad about it if i hadn't just got done saying that
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's why from now on you just say i promise nothing I mean they just she, she could take like it I there. said,
4: they just they just they fucked me. Okay. I couldn't believe how hard they fucked me. I was like, you fucking
3: bastards. I'd like to say I feel bad for you, but you know. I don't. So
4: Well, I just all I want to do is watch movies on the big T V every once in a while. And instead I'm back in the <laughs> the room of shame.
2: You should buy a big T V <laughs> for back there too.
4: That's what you need. That's the solution. Yeah, but it's just not as
2: comfortable. I need a couch
4: for back here, too, but there's not enough space.
2: I gotcha. I don't like watching movies in the bedroom, either.
4: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, sitting on the bed is just outrageously uncomfortable. And sitting in the computer chair is, like, not terrible, but it's not not conducive to movie watching, if that makes sense. You kind of need to lounge when you're watching a movie.
2: Oh, yeah. I've seen pictures your wife post on Instagram. Noah likes to lay down on the couch, spread out. I do. Yep. Let the animals crawl all over him. I, I,
4: well, that's not by choice, but <laughs> that's certainly the way it turns out, in which I suppose that's my penance for my man spread. <laughs>
2: <laughs> See, look, here's pictures of Noah with two cats on him and a dog sitting nearby.
4: Although I'll tell you what, she snapped a picture of me the other day working on some hot sauce in the kitchen. And I was so disgusted by how fat I look that I've been exercising every single day since.
3: That's <laughs> <laughs> kind of motivation you need.
4: And uh, you know what? It worked. And then you know what I did? I was like, fuck it. I'm, uh, if, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to like invest in it to try to force myself into it. So I bought a subscription to DDP yoga.
2: There you go.
4: And part of that program is you have to, like, take pictures of yourself every month. So I was like, fuck it. I'll I'll just have to
2: look at my ugly fat ass until I lose some weight. (laughs) You know, you could do just like what Amanda does. Amanda decided when I'm not hungry anymore, I'm going to stop eating. And And I know it's hard because I can't follow it either.
4: I was going to say, see, but that doesn't work for me because I still feel hungry. That just doesn't I've – t- I've told Char that a thousand times where the issue is I will eat a, enough food, and I know it's enough food, and I will sit there going, why the fuck am I so fucking hungry right now? Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I just ate I a huge piece of meat and a bunch of shit. I agree.
2: Shit. We, we had yeah. dinner right before I hopped on, and I'm already just like, man, I'm still hungry. So I'm already thinking about what I'm going to eat after I get off this recording.
4: <laughs> right. <laughs> well then the worst thing is then if i don't eat enough of the meals then i i snack and snacking's even worse because you eat way more shit if you do that
3: you ever do that thing where you eat an extra big meal to prevent yourself from snacking but then you just snack anyway
4: yes <laughs> yes i have
3: <laughs> you, mean, you mean every day all right all right let's stop talking about how we're three fat guys with a podcast and move back to oh, our that's what we should have called this some- podcast
4: the worst The worst thing I do is I always go, I'm gonna cook all this extra food, and then I'll have leftovers that I can take for lunch at work. And there are
2: no
1: leftovers.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, anything else about Henry Porter versus The killer? I mean, I think it's it's a way better movie than the last than the last one. Yeah, S- it's still just as dark and depressing,
4: yeah, it's a it's a better movie. I think my problem with this one, which I don't have with the last one is there's like no fucking like any type of resolution to it. It is strictly oh. just I mean, the name says it all. It's just kind of a snapshot in the life yeah. of this killer. And I, I just I don't know why I hate that so much. I'm like, fuck, it just gives you nothing.
2: Is it because did you watch the other one
4: first? No, no. I watched Henry Portrait of Sarah Killer*
2: first. Okay. Well, I watched the other one first. I was wondering if it was because you knew he ends up getting caught and stuff. So I was wondering well, but, if you were just like, oh, we never find out what happens to him.
4: Well, I was going to yeah. say, see, but this version is more fictionalized than the other version is. Yeah. Which is weird because this is the one
2: where they actually use their names and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> So they're trying to they're trying to leave it with the maybe he's still out there. He could be he could be, you know, your neighbor and you not even know.
4: Yeah, I kind of I almost like the through line of Henry's relationship to the sister in this one quite a bit because mm-hmm. it almost feels like a trick that the director is playing on the audience yeah. because it's like, oh, no. Henry actually likes her and is me as a jaded person. I'm like, no, he doesn't. (laughs) He's (laughs) he's a fucking psychopath. Like he he's reacting to her the way he thinks he should react to her. And then it keeps going. And it's like and everybody's like, oh, no, he protected her from her evil brother. And it's like, no, no. Once again, (laughs) you're misreading this or they're like, he stopped it otis from violating that lady in the the camcorder murder and it's like no he stopped otis from doing a sexual thing because henry doesn't like sexual things
2: do you feel that uh the fact that he kills her at the end do you feel it's almost like a um now i have to kill you because you essentially made me kill my best friend
3: no i took it as because then she thought they were going to be in a relationship. he's like, oh, no, 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 no. That's not how this works. Like when they pull over to the hotel, she thinks they're going to have sex. And he's like, that's not, I don't, yeah. I don't do those things.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's, I, I knew. Took it. that's pretty much the way I thought it was going the whole time. Cause the whole thing is that anytime something sexual happens in this movie, that's, that's Henry's trigger. You know, being yeah. being aroused, it makes him become yeah. violent.
3: Yeah. Now, did you guys notice in this movie, the Henry character is way smarter than he was in the other movie or was in real life?
4: Yeah. Once. Yeah. Once I said fictionalized.
3: Well, <laughs> yeah. he's yeah, he's much smarter
2: uh, as in sort of his cunning, I guess. They do point out at one point that he doesn't know how to read yeah she's um, wearing a, she's wearing a shirt that says, "I love Chicago," and he's like, "What's it
3: say? Yeah, that's a good point actually. Um, yeah, but it he plays it as a much smarter character, like he's his, the, everything he does is more planned out, it's more yeah. there's a more of like a logical reason for doing it all, which is different from the previous character.
2: And he points out, like we've mentioned before, he points out that uh, his methodology to, to keep the police off his back is to switch it up so they don't connect the murders as being done by the same person. Right.
3: Like so, as if that's a planned yeah. thing as opposed to a, yeah. a, a coincidence, which is how it comes across in the other movie. Which it's it's so weird the moment they're like setting that all up.
2: <laughs> Cause him and Otis are just out videotaping homeless people, like beating the shit out of each other. Yeah. I'm just like, what is going on? Like he's doing like, it almost sounds like he's doing a voiceover. I'm like squinting at the TV. I'm like, is that Henry and Otis beating up somebody? Nope. Then who are these people? What are they doing? And then you just find out now nope, they're just homeless people that apparently are fighting. Like, yeah. All right. homeless people sometimes fight. <laughs> Why not? there was a whole industry built around it called bum fights
3: all right i mean kind of the same thing but not re- yeah no same thing
1: um
3: <laughs> listen if they ever make a, a, a fictionalized movie about that then we'll discuss it in more detail oh uh, they gotta
2: have the part where he the the owner of bum fights goes on dr phil and weird dr phil out <laughs>
3: dr phil is still the villain of that story somehow he is
2: (laughs) the the owner points out he's like i'm just doing the same thing you you do you exploit people for fame and money on your show and dr phil is just like uh then makes him leave because he didn't know how to answer that question
3: that's actually good i like that
2: (laughs) he also came out dressed as dr phil Good for him. He, he shaved himself it's a, insane. like, horseshoe, like, you know, bald horseshoe hair pattern and had a mustache. Came out dressed as Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil just looked at him and was like, what the fuck?
4: I, I kind of I just, I I just like it only because that dude is a worthless sack of crap who is barely <laughs> qualified to be called a human being. And I, me, hate he is. The, and, and I hate the fact that he got Dr. Phil, which makes me happy.
2: Yes, I agree. I
4: just like it. It's Just like, like co- him doing anything that makes me happy.
2: It's like two cockroaches fighting against each other. There's no real winner, but
3: yeah, you sort of hope one kills the other and then you get to stomp on the one, on the winner. But yeah, exactly. Uh, anyways. Uh, so
2: it sounds like, I don't know. I'm, I'm a bigger fan of this movie than I was the
3: last one. I agree. I'm the same yeah, way. I think this is a way. much better made movie. It's, like you could sit, you could show this movie to somebody who's not like one of us who hosts weird podcasts in their basement. And I think they could still appreciate this for what it is. Um, not that a mainstream audience is ever gonna really, really enjoy watching Henry of a serial, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, <laughs> but I think they would I, I think you could show it to like an average horror fan. And they would say, Oh yeah, I know, like it's good kills, it's disturbing and it's upsetting in its own way. And the, you know it's a solid performance. It's a well-made movie. Uh, it it feels more like a real movie than anything else. The other movie did for sure.
4: I think I think in a lot of ways it feels like a um, a film festival movie. If that makes sense.
2: Yeah, I can see. <laughs> that. I agree. Yeah.
4: But but it, but it also feels like one that
3: would win something. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is good. Yeah that's such a weirdly specific review of this movie but i see what your point is it's like yeah it makes sense well, well it, it's just the complete <laughs> it's the
4: lack the lack of a actual plot structure which th- this movie just it doesn't have whatsoever it just kind of goes from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing to thing to thing, to thing. Which which is okay, it's just it 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 makes for a difficult to digest movie, if that makes sense.
2: I think it has more of one than the last movie, though.
4: Oh, uh, yeah, I would
3: agree with that. Yeah, Yeah, like, this movie feels like it is just a, a period from the middle of this guy's life that they've randomly selected to tell us this story, but it does feel like they are telling us a narrative story within that time frame. Yeah. It just doesn't really have an a traditional beginning or a traditional ending.
2: Weirdly. I feel like the major arc of it is him trying to control Otis, which at first, you know, controlling him is, is him being like, no, let's go kill people together. You'll love it. And then they do yeah. love it. But then Otis gets out of control to the point that he eventually has to kill Otis. Cause he's, you know, just going too far by raping his sister and you know getting stabbed in the eye and whatever else, so he's basically forced to kill him. And I think that arc is interesting when it's like, oh, I basically turned you into this, and now I have to kill you because you've gone way too far over the edge.
3: Yeah, but it's not even like he's too far over the edge. It's just you're doing a thing I don't like. Yeah, I told. Totally. I, it's more like I told you not to do this. Is more the problem than the fact that he's actually doing what he's actually doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
4: I feel like if they would have chopped off a little bit of the end of this movie, it would have felt
3: more complete. Sure. But it would also would have felt like those two were going to ride off into the sunset together, which is not what they wanted.
4: Well, that's what I'm saying. But I don't, I don't think you, you need to do that. If it would have ended with, you know, he's, He's soothing her or whatever. And he goes in and he saws up Otis's body. And he's like, okay, well, we're going to go drop this body off. And it's like, ha ha ha. And then like, he just stabs her in the back or something. And then the credits roll out. of have been like, yep. <laughs> <That's>,
3: <laughs> no, but I think he wanted like, like, I think he, the character didn't want to necessarily be alone. And now with Otis gone, he needed like a new partner. But then, when she wanted to make it more romantic, that's when the problem came. Not the problem came, the that's the wrong way to word it. Like I'm not on his side. <laughs> right. I don't, I don't think if we could I don't think got, you should murder a woman because she wants to take your relationship romantic. Yeah. I think
4: if if they could have just got to it
3: faster there at the end, because that I feel
4: like they you know, obviously the crescendo of the movie is him killing Otis. Yes. It, and then the wrap up after that is not done well. It kind of meanders a bit and then just kinda of ends. I don't know,
3: I didn't have a problem with it.
2: I feel like both movies have meandering problems, but I feel like it's a lot less egregious in this movie than it was in the last movie.
3: And then, I guess the question too is like when you say problem, I think it's intentional. So it's yeah. not necessarily a problem. It's just something that you guys aren't necessarily enjoying in the movie. Sure. I like my men
2: raping and killing women movies to so. A little bit more of a structure, I guess.
3: <laughs> sure. That's a rational, logical thing to say, and I accept that. Don't question it at all.
0: Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling.
2: Uh, Noah, what would you watch? Nothing. Awesome.
3: Hey, Doug, what <laughs> did you watch? A little bit more than that. Um, but nothing happy. So, <laughs> um, let's see. Did you guys like watching, um, did you, sorry, did you guys enjoy, enjoy seeing, uh, Michael Rooker as a serial killer this week? Sure. Okay. Cause I accidentally watched him as a Klansman as well. <laughs> Jesus. So I watched the movie Mississippi burning from Ooh. 88 i Which, see i see you needed to pick me up
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah so i i didn't realize what i was getting myself into um i thought it was more like going to be about the police investigation and i knew that there'd probably be some interactions with the clan i didn't expect quite the depths that this film gets into with um yeah with having to actually watch the clan burn down people's homes and shit and having to watch the scenes where the courts let them off because it's not their fault. They burned down that house because the FBI was there investigating the previous burning and that upset everyone. Um, yeah. Pretty, pretty dark film to watch for people who haven't seen it. The basic plot is that um, two FBI agents, which are Gene Hackman and uh, Willem Dafoe are sent into some small town, is it? I forget the name of the town, doesn't matter. To investigate some hate crimes that have been going on. And they're basically confronted with this town full of people who think hate crimes are okay. So they have to deal with that. And it's about them coming together to work together to figure out how to solve the crime while at the same time dealing with this town full of bigots that commit hate crimes on a pretty regular basis. Um, Complete with, you know, it's not, it's not just Michael Rooker that's a Klansman in this. You want to see Arlie Lee as the uh, racist oh. town mayor? No, I don't. You want to see Brad Duriff as a, as a Klansman slash police officer? Is that fun for you? <laughs> God damn it, no. Brian, can I ask you a question? Really sure. important question. Are you sitting down right now?
2: Yeah.
3: Are you prepared to see Stephen Toblioski as the clan leader giving the political speeches on behalf of the clan?
2: No, because all I would see is him from fucking Groundhog's Day.
3: <laughs> fucking Ned from Groundhog's uh, Day yeah. getting up there spewing the most vile, racist shit you can <laughs> imagine. And I was just not prepared for that.
1: Jesus.
3: I had to convince myself it wasn't him. But then I'm like but what if it is him? So then I went to the IMDb page and I'm like, shit, it is. I knew it was. I don't know why I'm checking. (laughs) I'm like, "He's just it's just fucking horrible. And yeah, really unpleasant film to watch, but well made. Um, It suffers a bit from that whole 80s thing where at the end they're like, now we're going to do it the hard way. And they start being like, Badasses, and that's how they take everybody down and I'm like I don't think that's how the true story goes I think in the true story there's probably a lot of guys in the back room doing paperwork and shit but <laughs> you know the good news is the Tobiaski character does get locked up for 10 years at the end of the movie but it's uh yeah is it, is it enough though 10 years no no for burning down people's homes and oh. uh, for and murdering people for the crime of being civil rights activists literally murdering people because they are trying to get black people registered to vote. Um, that's the stated goal of murdering those people. That's not something I'm adding to the context of the film. So we get to see Michael Rooker yelling into a camera about how there's lots of black people in town who aren't registered to vote. He'd like to keep it that way. Um, God. Yeah. Does that, does that sound fun? No, it doesn't. Uh, It's it's a good movie. It's not a fun movie.
2: This was already a rough week. And then today's real life stuff is not making it better. No. And now you're talking about all some of my favorite people saying horrible shit in a movie.
3: Yeah. I don't want want that. Well, and it's also one of those movies that's like, it's hard to watch because you're hearing these arguments made in a, it's a film like it's set in 64. I want to say, but it's made in 88. And then you're hearing these racist people make these arguments about how like, like there's actually them saying like, look, or, I can't even repeat the words, but they're saying these people were happy before you got here and like tried to tell them that they could have more. And now that's why they're all like, quote unquote uppity, right? <laughs> like it's, it's, and you you hear those arguments and you hear people saying different things and you're like, but these the same shit I have to hear today. And it's one of those. I don't know why I ever watch period pieces because every time I get so frustrated because I'm like, why isn't the world better today than it was back then? <laughs> I get so angry, but um, yeah.
2: yeah. Well, it sounds like I'm going to put that one off for a while.
3: Yeah, I don't, I can't really recommend the movie, but I can say it's a very well-made film for the most part. Like I say, the ending is very 1980s. Um, But I mean, like Willem Dafoe and Gene Hackman are the two main characters. Frances McDormand is uh, one of the, like, women in the town that they're trying to use to get information. Spoiler alert, her husband beats the shit out of her when he finds that she talked to the cops. Um, so we get to watch that. It's sad. She's, like, the one, like, good human being in the story. And then you're like, oh, don't do that to her. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'd recommend that movie, That movie, but I feel like I've said enough about it. What else did I watch? I know I didn't watch anything pleasant this week. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, right. (laughs) Again, because for some reason I like to cheer myself up by watching even more depressing shit. I finally watched the movie Cruising starring Al Pacino. Oh, yeah. Which is very famous. (laughs)
2: This is probably the Um, least of the evils that you've watched so far this week. Sure.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so for people who don't know what it is, it's basically Al Pacino as a police officer going undercover in the gay community in New York to try to catch a killer in 1980, 82, something like that. Somewhere around there. Yeah. But you know, directed by William Friedkin. So not exactly a, a pleasant view of it. (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, it not as dark. You're right. As all the other things we've talked about, I have to say, like I, I had heard the movie was transgressive and I thought, okay, (laughs) A mainstream movie starring Al Pacino in 1980 is transgressive, meaning, oh, two men are going to kiss somewhere in this. I did not anticipate the fisting, I guess is what I'm trying to politely (laughs) say. say. It opens with fisting. I, I just like I didn't see that coming is all and it made there me is, feel a little bit uncomfortable
4: there is way uh, too much of dudes rubbing Vaseline up to their elbows in that yeah, movie yeah like <laughs> it's like it, 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 fucking Caligula has a reputation
3: you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. public fisting too worth noting that this is something that's happening out in the community not behind closed doors um so, I don't know. Overall, I thought the movie was pretty good. I thought the it kind of captured it, it weirdly, it reminded me a lot of uh Donnie Brasco, about like this guy who's kind of like falling apart because of the pressure of living this life of having to like be completely undercover 24 hours a day and not being able to see his family and all that kind of stuff. I thought that worked really well. I thought the uh the kind of the ending is a bit strange. I don't know if you guys want you guys have seen it, right? I've seen it. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess it's a spoiler for anyone who hasn't, but he kind of just ends up just like killing the killer. Cause the guy finally does attack him. He finally lures him out and it's like, Oh, well that was a bit anticlimactic. Like it was, <laughs> but you know, it was the eighties. They had to end the movie. So they just did like, yeah, the hero won. Are we all good? Yep. Okay. It's still the eighties. Fine. <laughs> Um, At
2: least it, it does end on a more of like a psychological. Yeah. Like the actual very, very end. Psychological yeah. thing where he's now left to deal with everything that he's experienced this whole time. And it's just sort of like, fuck. And then.
3: Yeah. It, it, yeah. it implies that he's never going to get over this, basically. And. Yeah. That he's kind of sacrificed his soul the sake of catching this killer which is um it's dark but not compared to everything else we've talked about this week so that's okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah i remember really enjoying the movie when i saw it it's it's good it's like say it's a really well-made film it is there is a little bit of like can i put it like they're trying to portray the gay community but they're doing it through the lens of 1980 filmmaking so there is a little bit of like There's got to be a couple of gay guys in New York City that don't dress head to toe in leather and go to dance clubs every night. Like there must be some, right? (laughs) So that's kind of a. I I felt like maybe there was some stereotyping going on and things like that, but solid performances and stuff like that to offset it. And overall, I'd say very good movie. Um, Be prepared going in. Don't go in (laughs) blind like I did. (laughs) <laughs> don't be flipping through like amazon prime go oh yeah, this one and watch it that's not the way to watch this movie yeah that's so
0: then
4: i'm guessing you followed that up with a nice hot cup of tea and requiem for a
2: dream
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> So gonna so say you yeah. can follow it up with hardcore with uh george oh, c scott
3: yeah that's a nice happy one too yeah yeah i um We'll see, maybe next week for now. For now, that's it. <laughs> I think I actually just watched an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia after that and then went to bed. <laughs> just like I can't go straight to sleep, but not for uh, another movie either.
2: I want to point out that Noah's a big liar. He did watch something this week. He's
3: I, know I believe you, uh,
2: I believe you sent us a text saying that uh, Massive Talent was a lot of fun. Oh, I thought I talked about that last week. No, I talked what about day? it last week. What day is this? <laughs> <laughs> who are you people
4: oh yeah so I did see that it was good good review I don't well I don't I, I, <laughs> I don't know what to particularly say about it it is uh, it is a movie that is both very intelligent but annoying in its own fart sniffing metaness.
2: <laughs> okay
4: I see. I, I mean, I, literally, it's an entire movie explaining the movie to you.
2: Sure. Um, my assessment was that it wasn't as zany as I had thought it was going to be, but that doesn't mean it was a bad movie.
4: The parts of it that were funny were very funny. Yeah. The the entire part of the 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 whole drug scene was
2: pretty great (laughs) (laughs) them thinking those old dudes are following them around but yeah
4: but I I don't know like I said I don't there's something like I said it's it's clever and I like it because it's clever and I hate it because it thinks it's clever (laughs) which I those two things are different and one of
2: them angers (laughs) me But I bet you've thought about watching Paddington 2 after watching this movie, though, didn't you?
4: I thought of all of the jokes in the entire movie, the Paddington 2 joke is the best joke in the entire movie. (laughs) And the fact that they keep bringing it up.
2: (laughs) Uh, It's so funny.
4: It's just the just the, the just the juxtaposition of them the two movies that they consistently keep talking about are the cabinet of the Doctor uh I can't even say his name. Caligari. Caligari, thank you. And in <laughs> <and> Paddington too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so funny. What'd you think of his uh his Italian impression?
4: Well, the whole thing is that it's bad, but I, it, but it's kind of supposed to be bad.
2: <laughs> oh, no, I know. The funny thing is, we saw it. Amanda had to get up, had to go to the bathroom. She was trying to wait, but she's like, "I just can't wait." So she got up. She was gone the entire time he was in disguise as the Italian guy. And I'm like, "You've you completely missed this whole thing." It was pretty funny.
4: Uh, Pedro Pedro Pascal was really good in it and I'm kind of glad about it because he's been kind of hit or miss everything he's in I'm either like yes or or,
2: (laughs) I usually even if I don't enjoy something I usually don't think he's the problem
4: I don't know his weird Trump character in uh, Wonder (laughs) Woman 2 was real bad
2: yeah but he was being 80s Trump and that's what 80s Trump was like on TV
4: well, but I mean, but I don't, I I don't know. I just feel like he didn't, I, I feel like he didn't deliver in that movie, but I feel like no one delivered in that movie. Yeah. So odds are it was somewhere between the director and whoever edited that movie just fucked that movie
2: up. Which is weird because it's uh, Patty Jenkins who did the first movie and I really enjoyed the first movie. Right. Second movie. I don't know what the fuck happened.
4: Yeah, I don't know I don't know. I don't know what the fuck they were thinking it It reeks of studio interference, but I can't say that that's what
2: happened.'t yeah, know uh, all right, well, I didn't watch any movies. <clears throat> all right, I've been watching a lot of TV. Sure um, episode. but uh we'll see Barry started up again, and I love Barry. Uh, I'm so excited. I thought I've Barry to watch canceled. that show. yeah, it's good. Now they literally, like, Bill Hader was just on uh Jimmy Kimmel, and he was talking, they were a week from shooting when uh Corona hit.
4: Is that right? See, I think that's what yeah. it was. I was like, it's been two years since they made a season.
2: There's no yeah. way there's another season coming. Yeah, no, they were, they were all ready to go. And so he talked that they actually went and rewrote a bunch of season three since they had the time to do it. So, but...
4: Did- did you happen to watch uh,
2: Wolf Like Me after my recommendation? Talk now. I don't take your recommendations. <laughs> <Perfect>. uh, <laughs> where where is that one even streaming it? Fuck. I think it's Hulu. Yeah, um, I don't watch Hulu stuff. Let me let me double check that. I think I'm dropping Hulu soon. I haven't I haven't used Hulu in like a year. I should really get I, rid of it.
4: I think I use Hulu more
2: than Netflix. Yeah, but I have cable TV, so. I don't watch my TV shows through Hulu. I mean, uh,
4: oh no, it's on it's on Peacock.
2: Oh yeah, I do have that because technically I do have Comcast. But, but uh,
4: I mean, it's it's a show about a beautiful, uh, complicated relationship, and then page- occasionally somebody gets mauled by a werewolf.
2: <laughs> I feel like I just want like a dog soldiers-esque like good werewolf movie again and i don't feel like we've had one for a long time
3: it doesn't seem like
4: it's been a while i like i said i think people need to give it a shot because the the whole thing everyone always says about werewolf movies uh much like zombie movies is that the best ones aren't necessarily about the werewolf it's a yeah. good story where there happens to be a werewolf and in this one it's kind of a deep dive into the complicated nature of relationships and baggage and
3: there is a werewolf i don't know if i agree with that about werewolf movies in general though can't comment on the specific show obviously
4: i it's actually pretty rare for me to come across a werewolf movie that i don't like They, they tend to scratch my monster movie itch so there are clearly ones that are better than other ones but yeah, But I'll, I will watch the shit out of Bad Moon, and I will watch the shit out of The Howling, and I will uh, watch the shit out of Project Metal Beast.
2: So <laughs> uh, so let's see. Oh, the final batch of episodes for Ozark has dropped. Uh, we now have two episodes left before the show's finale. Um, i enjoying that. Uh, I did point out that Wendy Bird, who is the Mom or uh, slash wife on this show. Uh, maybe one of the most punchable fictional characters ever. So, really, so, uh, everything she does, I just want to punch her in the face.
4: Is is that the wife? Yeah. 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 Laura Lee. I, I haven't watched much of the show. I think I've only watched like the first two or three episodes, but you already no. got that vibe from her.
2: Well, the entire entire shows up now, so you should just binge right through it because it's good.
4: I keep meaning uh, to, but once again, that's one of those random shows that has a bunch of random violence in it, so it's hard for me to binge it without interrupting Char's day and making her really?
3: I don't think I don't think it gets too gross, but I don't know. No, no, really, not from what I saw. I tapped out. know, maybe just after two seasons or something like that. But it wasn't maybe.
4: Maybe Bye. it calms down. I remember the, the first episode is particularly funny. I
2: mean, there's people that get punched in the face and they have like bloody noses and stuff. But Well,
4: and, it's his, not, biz, and his business partner gets killed. Yeah. And and then the uh, the wife's boyfriend gets killed. And
2: then, yeah. Well, <laughs> the first get,
4: episode's got a lot of...
2: People get killed in the show. People getting off. But I'm just saying, it's not like you see like right. fucking Otis getting stabbed in the eye with a fucking hair with like a comb handle or something. Oh, I know. (laughs) I don't like the, just tell her they took everything from episodes of Dateline. (laughs) Yeah,
3: Tell tell her it's all very real. Yeah. It's (laughs) a true story.
2: Well, uh, so that's been good. We got two episodes left. Um, and then stupidly like a week ago, I was like, Hey, do you want to start this new show? Forgetting that like Ozark was dropping in like a week. And then, uh, Melissa Berry was starting and all this stuff. So, um, but we watched the first three or four episodes of severance, which is an Apple TV plus show with, uh, Adam Scott. And I kind of wanted to see it, but, um, just hadn't got around to it. Uh, friend of mine has Apple plus TV. And so I basically was like, Hey, if you let us use your login, I'll connect my, movies anywhere to it so any movies i have you can watch and he was he was like yep so it's all connected up and uh so we started that and i saw someone post that like the show severance makes me feel like what the fuck is going on the way lost used to and i've missed that feeling and i was like oh fuck it's pretty high praise So we've watched the first couple episodes and, uh, yeah, I'd agree. It's, uh, kind of fucked up and weird. So in like the, I don't know, I mean, technically I guess present day, but they have this technology where you can essentially split your personality so that you have a work personality and then a outside of work personality. So essentially when you go to work, you go in the elevator and as you're going down to wherever your job is, some microchip in your brain will kick on. And basically your outside person goes to sleep and your work person wakes up. So you're essentially two people and both of them don't know anything about the other. So like... Your outside work, your outside person, does n- knows absolutely nothing about what you do at work, any of the information you learn at work, and then your work person knows absolutely nothing about what your life is like outside of work.
4: Sounds and really this is can- a horror story.
3: Uh It's getting there. It honestly sounds kind of like a dream come true. <laughs>
2: Trust me, everybody, Amanda was sitting there going, I would fucking do this.
4: Well, so so to quote a very good movie, uh, The Prestige, you wouldn't know whether or not you were the guy in the box. <laughs> so you go in tomorrow and you get your brain split and you're the guy who has to go to nothing but work all the time. Yep uh so I, I think people would always assume they would be the other one and they would be wrong because you <laughs> would also have to be the other one uh
2: so in the set up, this company called lumen uh it's really weird how it sets up i'm, I'm not even going to try to explain how they do their job because it makes no sense you just kind of have to watch it and be like oh okay that's fucked up and weird i want to know more about that but they have them on this weird schedule where, like they have staggered, like leaving schedule. So they don't run into each other as they're leaving work. So you don't even really know your coworkers, at least you don't know that, you know, your coworkers outside of work. And it's just all just a really weird situation. Uh, and then of course, one of their coworkers, um, in the first episode, they are told, Oh, he's not coming back. So we're giving you a promotion. So you're going to be the head of whatever this department is now. <laughs> well, of course, by the end of the first episode, <laughs> outside of work, the the guy has shown up saying, I need to tell you what this place is all about. So you're like, what the fuck is going on? So we're, we're a couple episodes into this and, uh, Everything I've seen non spoilery was that the season ends really like amazingly. And it's already picked up for another season, so excited to uh finish it out. But yeah, it does have me it is giving me weird lost vibes where I just wanna know more of what's going on, like what's the what's the game plan, like what's the end game for all this stuff, like where does why is this set up the way this is and all this stuff and yeah, they do a really good job with it. Definitely worth a watch. Uh, and I forgot before we started doing our what else we've been watching section, but we got a piece of feedback. Oh. Uh, so our boy Kent said, hey guys, on your New York Ripper Manhattan baby show, you were all noting Fulci's obsessions with sexual violence and Donald Duck. Correct. <laughs> he says, I think I figured out the connection.
3: Ducks. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> do we want to read this?
2: Uh, ducks are known to engage in violent intercourse with multiple males occasionally drowning a female in their attempts to mate with her.
4: Yeah, ducks are assholes.
2: Uh, males have weird corkscrew penises, quote, don't image search that. And females uh, have true. females have evolved vaginas that corkscrew the opposite way to make mating more difficult. It's a wonder that ducks even survive.
4: So no joke. I was watching a, uh,
2: keep up the good work, Kent.
4: a nature documentary. And they essentially made a, uh, for lack of a, a better term, it's an artificial duck vagina. Yeah. It was clear. And, uh, had a duck have sex with it. (laughs) and they put it in ultra slow mo may i may be scarred for life
2: what from kind knowing. of shit are you watching it's yeah. just
4: it was just a nature documentary cuz they were talking about the weird intricacies of sex and stuff and so a duck's penis fires out of its body like a fucking rocket it's horrifying and, and the corkscrew thing is true. So it's like an unraveling, intestine esque,
3: horrible duck penis. Gross.
2: Thanks a lot for that, Noah and Kent. That's,
3: yeah. If no one can Kent stop working together to try and ruin my life. That'd be ideal. <laughs> the more you know. Here's a brief glimpse of
4: some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future.
2: Alright, next episode Since, you know, we had such an Uplifting and happy episode this week
4: So I'm help me God, Brian
2: I'm going to Try to put us in a better mood And we're going to be Checking out the uh, Inner workings Of being a Stay-at-home dad or Male nanny By checking out Mr. Mom And Mr. Nanny <laughs>
4: we are you know, you know what normally i would not be happy about this but after this week
2: <laughs> exactly i'm kind of i'm kind of down let's watch the <laughs> mr nanny let's get this going so one was michael keaton one with uh, sir hulk
3: hogan and uh i wonder which one will have the better performance
2: <laughs> oh i don't know <laughs> <laughs> well it is
4: it is 80s hogan so, 80s we Hogan
3: was still likable. Likeable, but not a good actor.
2: Are we going to have to talk about all the racist shit that he said?
3: No. Probably. There's no <laughs> way we're going to let ourselves be no. happy next week, so probably.
4: He's a piece of shit. We're just going to leave it at that. Fuck, fuck it. Fuck that piece of shit.
3: But Anti-vaxxer.
4: we can still watch. Oh goddamn it. Stop it. Suburban Commando. Suburban Commando.
2: Come and did you
3: guys know that Hulk Hogan has his own bar now and they have their own beer but it's a pilsner <laughs> what oh, Jesus. A that's maybe movie. the Why? worst
4: thing about I, him I was getting ready to say that it does like upset me a little because <laughs> the, the, my first thought in my brain is of course that fucker would drink a pilsner of
2: yes. course uh, we'll be happy to know Sherman Helmsley is also in this movie
3: that's a, and, that's uh, a little something And Brutus the Barber Beefcake is also in this movie. I'll tell you my horrible Brutus the Barber Beefcake story next week if you want. Ooh, yeah.
4: Damn it. No horrible stories. Only happiness.
2: (laughs) Hulk Hogan (laughs) in a tutu. Entertaining children. Then we could talk about all the horrible stuff that Michael Keaton has done which is nothing because he's yeah. the, best, the, re- the, best the remake
4: of <laughs> that. That's the remake of RoboCop.
2: <laughs> that's yeah. the
4: entire list.
2: <laughs> I still haven't <laughs> seen it. So I forgot he was in it
4: and it wasn't bad for him being in it. It was bad because it's bad.
2: Yeah. Cause it's not the original RoboCop. That's why.
4: Although I had a young kid tell me that the remake was amazing and that the
2: original one was awful. And I was like, Oh, did you punch that kid in the face? Oh my God.
3: Yeah, you should be in jail for hurting that child. That's what you should be doing.
2: And we would do a a podcast fundraiser to get your bail.
4: I was going to say, I couldn't figure out how to talk to that kid because my normal nerd reaction was like to get all exasperated and yell at him.
2: But in the original one, he shot a dude in the dick. Tell me that's not better. I
4: was like, no, he's a child. Don't do it. And I was like, please, RoboCop is the best movie ever made. It's the best (laughs) movie ever (laughs) made. Don't tell me that fucking Listen, the other
3: one if there's no shit. kicking involved i don't even want to hear about this anymore uh, you failed you failed in your reaction to this scenario you didn't want to go to prison that's quit making excuses they have do... weight they have weights in there you could have done your stupid yoga and gotten lost weight it would have been perfect did we yeah. do
2: have we done robocop on this show i um,
3: Don't we do RoboCop on this show every week? (laughs) I think the whole point of
4: the Verhoeven episode was to not do RoboCop.
3: Well, that's a dumb reason. I'm reasonably confident we've done RoboCop. We can just do RoboCop again if you want. I'm just
2: looking at the list. I don't see it anywhere. But that doesn't mean it's not somewhere that I'm just not seeing. But...
4: I'm sure there's got to be a few god awful uh, Italian RoboCop knockoffs that we. Can. There
2: is one. I don't. I don't remember what it's called, <laughs> but they have a picture of RoboCop on the cover, and he's not even in the movie. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, know that
4: poster uh, art too.
2: Yeah. Should we uh, Should we talk about last week's Moon Knight? We should. Um, all right. So per usual, spoiler going forward. So you've been warned. Uh, what the fuck happened last week? I remember somebody saying this is going to be a big episode. And then I watched it and I was like, I didn't get anything out of this episode.
3: They were on a boat the whole time. Yeah. A boat to hell, which sounds like the tagline from a movie we'd talk about on this podcast, but it's what actually happened.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, was it Steven and Mark are on the boat and they have to balance their scales out before they get to the gate to wherever i was i was
4: really expecting this episode to introduce lockley yeah well i couldn't i couldn't believe it i was like that's gonna the reason why the scales won't balance is because there's still a third personality
3: which we know there is so we know that's why the scale i just assumed that's why the scales didn't balance but
2: um, well, I watched this uh, video. It's on uh, the Screen Crush channel on YouTube because they do breakdown video videos yeah. after every episode. Because even though I am a comics fan, I still miss a ton of shit. <clears throat> and they pointed out that there is a possibility we've seen Jake on the show. We didn't realize it, it was Jake at the point at that point. And they've played a couple scenes where he does have a slightly different accent than the other two personalities. And he's acting like really aggro during those scenes. Hmm. So it's I'm just going to find it interesting if we get it all wrapped up.
3: Because,
2: you know, next episode's the last episode. So
3: it's so weird. I wish they st- still liked this episode a lot more than those first ones. And now I, I still wish this had been the beat the whole show. <laughs> it's them in these weird, like, worlds with yeah. talking hippos and shit. Yeah.
2: And oh the also the theory was that the the person that was talking to uh the therapist played by Ethan Hawke is actually Jake. We just don't know it yet. Oh, okay, because apparently he's known to be a lot more physical and violent, and he had like a bandage on his bloody nose and stuff the whole that whole scene, but either one of the other two have bandages on their nose when they're running but, around the asylum like
3: my understanding is that we're supposed to take. And Maybe I'm completely misinterpreting this, but we're supposed to take it as true that he was dying in this whole trip to whatever afterlife mm. is, is what's actually happening. So then therefore all those memories where they were trying to balance their scales are accurate. Yeah. Is that not? It's... So then it was Mark as a child that created the Stephen character as a way to hide from his abusive parents.
4: Yeah, it's it's weird that they're again. doing they're doing so many different things from different Moon Knight comics and kind of smushing them all together that I think it's getting a little muddled. I wish they would have picked one direction and
2: gone in that direction. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So I don't hundred percent understand completely. Like, all right, where are we going? Like, what does this well, have to do with with Ethan Hawke raising uh, whatever that god was?
4: I was going to so, say the the comic book run that the uh, the asylum kind of is based off of is such a cool fucking story. And I was like, oh, OK, they're going to do that. And then they didn't do any of it. They were just like, nope, this is just a reference to that comic and we're going to move on. Which it was like, yeah, why? It's the best. Like, it's probably the best Knight story. Why would why wouldn't you do that story? There's. So in that, you kind of – it keeps jumping between the different personalities who are existing in different worlds. So there is the Mark in the asylum. And then there is a, another Mark who is a weird spaceman, Moon Knight superhero that's fighting werewolves on the moon. As yes, you do. And uh, the Steven character is the actor. So in that reality, it's Steven who's acting in a movie about Moon Knight and all this kind of stuff. And uh, I can't remember what Jake is doing. Is he like a taxi driver or something? Yeah, some, something like that. And But it's telling another story with him. And that comic book's real cool because the way it kind of like all wraps back together is it all turns out that like Mark has become aware of of the other personalities and the the damage that having multiple personalities has been doing to them. So he's lured all the personalities out to kill them and he basically murders himself over and over again until there's only one personality
2: left pulling an identity.
4: Yeah. Yeah, it's real good. And then of course the the reason why the other reason why I thought it was based off of that is the big thing at the end of the comic is whenever he goes outside when he's feeding into his delusions or whatever right so whenever he he believes that he's moon knight he can see all these evil things and this weird shit that's going on in the city it's like there's pyramids and sand everywhere and they're saying you know this evil god's breached into the world and he needs to stop it but every time they snap him back to the asylum all of that disappears and he can only see the city And eventually they feed into the cool idea of that his madness is necessary. Like, he has to be crazy in order to do what he needs to do. I don't know. I just, that's a really good comic idea where it's like, listen, you are sick, but if you're not sick, you can't be Moon Knight.
2: Yeah, it's just a bummer that that they have like six episodes to try to squeeze all this into. Especially if he never he doesn't come back for either another season or right a year or whatever
4: one one more episode, which according to rumors is the shortest final episode of any of the series so far. What the fuck are they gonna? You know, there's a, yeah. I have no fucking idea what's gonna happen in the last episode. I have no, no fucking idea.
3: No, I I'd, I don't know what the plot of the show is enough to know where like what the climax is even supposed to be
4: i mean i could see it being some super crazy twist that this it, it's a little bit more moon night and then the show ends with gore the god butcher showing up and killing all the egyptian gods
2: and setting up thor
4: yeah and setting up thor and that this entire thing was just a, a ruse to set
2: up the thor movie
3: <clears throat> oh i would be proud of them if they did that i'm not gonna lie i'd be i would be real upset
2: just using a great actor to troll everybody
4: i mean it would be i would be totally down with the the idea of like the uh oh god damn it which god was it the the chick that he met during the the meeting of the gods he was the avatar of the uh somebody yeah, I can't remember which god she was. I I thought it would be cool if that was the post credits. Like it's just like her walking down the street and fucking Gore just shows up and fucking cuts her in half.
2: <laughs> it's like fuck your character.
4: Oh, it'd just be dope because for normie people, I don't think they would be no. expecting it because I think most of them don't know who that fucking random ass character is.
3: No. Nobody, normal people, I don't think are watching the show at this point. That's my guess. Yeah. It
2: hasn't been doing, I think, nearly as well as other shows, but. <laughs> it's the
4: highest? Uh. The funny thing is, here's, here's the thing that pisses me off. It is the highest streamed show right now. It is number one and has been number one since it dropped and that's not good enough for disney which just pisses me the fuck off it's like you can't do better than number one you you've won you have all of the market share
2: it's funny they well uh, apparently they're
4: upset because they're not getting a ton of new subscriptions and it's like well no disney plus has been out for a while this is where you guys
2: are at yeah this is your plateau point yeah they uh Seems like they could just be like, well, this this series probably isn't going to do as well as the other ones. And that's OK, because, you know, we make like one hundred billion dollars every year. But.
3: Whatever. What do I know?
4: Well, I mean, part of the thing is eventually they have to start cutting the budgets on these shows.
3: I I don't I still don't understand how streaming works. I don't get no, I mean, how, how what the plan is to make a profit by producing shows And giving them to us at dirt cheap rates. I don't like. Because it
2: sounds like Netflix is finally like falling behind on all that shit. Yeah. Well,
4: well, that's because everything's finally coming home to roost. So Netflix's entire thing was creating good shows, which caused bumps in subscriptions, which caused their stock price to go up, which caused investors to give them money, which they then used to make shows. Which caused more subscriptions, which caused, and it, it was, it's magic. You know what I mean? Yeah, so basically, yeah. everybody's betting that they're going to make money in the future, even though the money that they're going to be making in the future, they've already made now. So how are they going to make that money in the future? <laughs> Amazon does the same thing. Amazon's a big shell game, too.
3: Oh, yeah. They all are. Yeah. All the whole world is fake now and i don't understand how that continues forever yeah Yeah. but at least
2: like disney like from the jump was just investing in their own ip
3: well yeah disney makes their money on movies right like they're still making a ton of theaters and stuff so that's a little different
4: right disney could lose 10 billion dollars tomorrow and it would not slow them down
2: which is both good and bad
4: but Right in hell, they might make a billion dollars if uh, Florida keeps going the way it's
2: going. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ, that whole shit show. It's pretty amazing. And you know, I do not want to get into it. Just everybody. America. Just a, the, all of them acting like they've made some sort of major victory. And it's like, no, you haven't. You're fucking everything up. Shut the fuck up.
4: Well,. Here's the thing. I think their assumption is that they could – so they've clearly violated their own laws by doing it mm-hmm. and and they've violated the Constitution by retaliating against somebody for political speech. So yeah. that's another problem and they're relying on the fact that they can take that to the Supreme Court right now and our Supreme Court has been stacked with a bunch of fucking insane people who are going to go, yeah, that's OK. Which then further erodes our ability to do anything ever.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. See, I, I actually disagree. I think all their calculus is, is that they can stomp their feet and yell and make a lot of noise. And for the next election, they can run on it. And then if it gets overturned in court, I don't think they give a shit. Like, you're assuming that there's some policy motive here beyond just stay in power. And I don't think there is. Well, I don't think there is either. but. I think it's literally just like we can do this and like it won't get overturned until after the next election anyway. So who cares? Who cares what the final result is? They don't give a shit. They don't care um, what, what it does to budgets or what the actual long term impact is. They're well, I even, think they're not even thinking about that.
2: I think DeSantis is thinking about that because uh, word is he does want to run for president at some point because he's a yeah, fucking and,
3: lunatic. And you're telling me that in 2024. If he runs for president, and they're like, "Oh, he passed an unconstitutional law in Florida to punish Disney," that'll hurt him. People will completely uh, forget about this by then. No, the way the everything works right now, nothing matters. Nothing matters. There's no negative consequence to blatantly passing illegal stuff because
4: American cares. nihilism.
3: Yeah,
4: it's depressing.
3: We're, we're in the middle of an election up here in our province, and. Literally, like, because the conservatives are in power right now, they're the conservatives. They're supposed to cut the budget. They've made ten point eight billion dollars worth of promises in like the two weeks leading up to announcing an election. So it's like, like, I got a check in the mail from them the other day for three hundred bucks. I'm not even one hundred percent sure why. I just cashed it because I don't care. It's obviously to buy my vote. whatever the backwards reasoning is they use to send it to me, I don't know. Like uh, it's politics is nonsense. It's not the real world. The real world doesn't exist. So, yeah, everything's
2: horrible. What a horrible fucking week on this show. Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
4: I was going to say I was going to say they've they've done the thing. So they've they've completely destroyed my faith in democracy. I no longer think it's actually a tenable system.
3: No, it's not. Never has been just which is wild. you know? You know what the good system is? Uh, there, I don't think there is one. No, there isn't. Human yeah. beings are inherently terrible. Everything we do will inherently fail because it relies on human beings to do it.
4: Yeah, yeah. All you need, yeah, all you need for like a utopia is just for everybody just to stop being a dick for five minutes, and it can't yeah. be done. It's impossible. Yeah. So.
3: The, right now, the best, uh, the best hope for humanity is that the Russians carry through in their threats and wipe us all out. That's like, kind of the best-case scenario. I was going to say asteroid,
2: but sure.
3: Yeah, an asteroid, you're banking on a lot of good luck, and I don't really have good luck. <laughs> how, about, how about like a
4: super-powerful wave of incurable gonorrhea? I think that would unite
3: the world. No. We've learned that plagues do not unite the world. It further divides us. We've no, learned no, nothing no, no, for the no. last two
4: years. No, that is a plague that kills people. I'm just talking about a disease that inconveniences white dudes'
3: penises. It, ah. it, you know what? They'd come unity. up with a cure in like a day.
4: Right, right. They would. It would, it would be perfect world unity for five minutes until the cure was made and then they would kill each other over it. <laughs>
3: Yeah, kill each other over the cure, try to prevent other people from having it for some reason. Even though them having it has no negative impact on you, but people are terrible, so that's what would happen. Nah, now I'm sad. Go the fuck away. Go away. (laughs) I'm going to bed.
4: I'm going to bed angry, and then I'm going to watch Mr. Nanny tomorrow, and it's going to make me feel better.
2: (laughs) somebody edited in his sex tape in the middle of it like, god damn it
4: god damn it, god damn it. God damn it. <laughs> just audio of him saying the n-word over and over again <laughs> like, no!
1: please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater
0: and now folks it's time to say goodnight